invite you to turn in your Bibles uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for our scripture reading. Begin reading at verse 1 to the end of the chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. If you are using a pew Bible, that's found on page 1,139. Let us now hear God's word. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy. To another the ability to to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? 
Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will, still show, I will show you still a more excellent way. Thus far the reading of God's word. Let's ask his blessing in a time of prayer. Oh, Father in heaven, we pray that you would open our hearts to the truth of your word. And that each member of Christ's one body will learn what it means to use the gifts that you have granted to us to serve you in your kingdom. Teach us now, we pray, Holy Spirit, illuminate our hearts and minds so that we may know and believe your word and that we may use our gifts to the glory of your great name. In your name we pray, amen. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the church is composed of members or parts. The church is one body in Christ consisting of many parts or members. And each member is called to do his or her part within the body. That's essentially what Paul is saying. One body, many parts, or many members. God, by his grace, not only saves his people from their sins, but he bestows upon them gifts to serve him. In the past, I've done sermons on this, and one of the sermon titles I would use is Saved to Serve. Perhaps that is the theme, Saved to Serve. Serve him how? Serve him with the spiritual gifts that he has bestowed upon each individual member in service to his kingdom. It was great just a few weeks ago when we had the pancake breakfast and I think there are over 75 Emmanuel folks there serving in various capacities. People coming together, the church coming together in service to Jesus. Serving one another, serving the community for the common good. Each member doing his or her part. Paul addresses a concern And it's a concern earlier that came to light in the first couple chapters. When there's this concern of who's following who. I follow Apollos. I follow Cephas. I follow Paul. And he says, is Christ divided? Really? You see, they had that same attitude back then as we have today. We have superstar pastors today as they had back then. I follow so-and-so. Is Christ divided? Is it really the pastor that we ought to be looking at here and admiring and idolizing when all the while Christ is being put in the shadows? Paul addresses this issue 
earlier in the letter. He'll address it even more in 2 Corinthians. You see in verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, literally you can say spiritual ones or spiritual persons, but based on the context, spiritual gifts fits. Paul is addressing a concern of the Corinthians. They're asking him about these super apostles, these, these Christians who have, the, have these super gifts, miracle workers. They're doing many mighty works. And Paul acknowledges that, that God bestows these extraordinary supernatural gifts to his people, to the church, and for the church's good. But he gives each individual member a gift to be used for the common good and to the glory of his name. But he starts off, before he gets into these spiritual gifts, he's saying that each member first confesses Jesus is Lord. That's the spiritual person. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus accursed. That is anathema. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Spirit. Who is the spiritual person among you? He is the member who confesses Jesus is Lord first and foremost. Before the matter of spiritual gifts is addressed or the kind of gift that people exhibit in their lives, know this, that a member of Christ's body first and foremost is a member because he confesses Jesus is Lord. In my heart, I follow his leading in my life. He is my savior. He saves me from my sin. He is my Lord. He is my king. I follow and pay homage to him. And it is because of the spirit of God that I confess him as Lord. It is the spirit of God who enables you, Christian, to confess Jesus is Lord. And so each member of the one body of Christ must have the Spirit of God because it is a Spirit that renews the sinner's heart, converts the sinner to Christ, causes sinners to become new creations in Christ. The Holy Spirit works repentance and faith, justification, sanctification, and consequently, the sinner turns to Christ in faith turning from false gods to the true and living God. That is who each member of Christ's body is, one who confesses Jesus is Lord. Moreover, the Spirit bestows gifts in the church. Each member in the body of Christ that confesses Jesus is Lord, given the Holy Spirit, and now receives a manifestation of the Spirit. Each member receives a manifestation of the Spirit in verses 4 to 11. In verse 4, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of, of activities or works, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each member is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, says Paul. Manifestation means a coming to light, something that was disclosed that comes to light. And the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit gives gifts to His church, various gifts, various services, various works, so that the church is built up. Each member receives a manifestation of the Spirit, a gift from God's fatherly hand to be used. And the gift that you have, Christian, has been apportioned for you to be used, apportioned to you by God Himself. What's the common good? What's the common good? Why give us gifts? Why the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good? Well, it's the building up of the church. It is for building up in maturity. It is for equipping the saints. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. The Apostle Paul writes, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Saved to serve. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And now listen, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. For building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ so that we may not be tossed and turned like little children and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, 
makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The manifestation of the Spirit is for the common good, the building up of the church in unity. Notice what Paul says there in Ephesians, when working properly. How are you using the gifts that God has bestowed upon you for the sake of your brothers and sisters in the Lord? Maybe a better question is, do you even know what those gifts are and how they are to be used? Now, Paul here is talking to the Corinthians, one of the earliest letters in the New Testament. And there were some extraordinary gifts. And it's enumerated there in verse 8 to verse 11. You had the working of miracles, the speaking of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. Gifts that have ceased since the close of the Bible, the close of the canon. The end of the apostolic age. But did God's gifts stop at the close of the apostolic age? No, because God bestows gifts individually to each member. Some members of the church were apportioned these extraordinary gifts, like the apostles and prophets of the New Testament, for the building up of Christ's church. Others, other members of the church, are given ordinary gifts that are used to the glory of God's name. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 3. Romans 12, beginning at verse 3, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another." Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in a proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Paul puts these ordinary gifts leading Acts of mercy, giving, service, gifts given to God's people to be used in service to his name and his kingdom. What are you doing about it? What am I doing about it? When all the members of Christ's body, one body, are working properly, as he says, the church is beginning. Becoming built up in maturity, in faith, hope, and love. Churches that are disunified, churches that are squabbling about issues, churches that cannot forgive one another, churches that are not serving one another, 
are churches that are not using gifts properly to the glory of his name. They become individualistic. It's all about me. I have come to be served and not to serve. Is that your mentality? Is that my mentality? I have come to be served and not to serve. I've retired from serving. You're never too old to retire from serving Jesus. I mean, think about the ministries that God has blessed us with here. Cadets, gems, Bible studies, both men and women's Bible studies, Sunday school, catechism, music ministry. Does that not build up the church? Isn't it beautiful to hear beautiful music, beautiful instruments being played? Men and women using gifts that God has bestowed upon them, the gift of music to bless the church so that we sing together. You think these are things that are just happenstance or things that we just maybe fail to recognize? Do we need to be more appreciative, more thankful, more grateful? To one another, and how we're you, each one is using gifts to the glory of Jesus' name. Do not neglect, do not neglect the manifestation of the Spirit in your life. Young people, young people. God has given you gifts. How are you using them? Each member receives a manifestation of the Spirit. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? That even in our service to Christ and His kingdom, even in our building up one another in the faith, God is giving us gifts to do that, and God is strengthening those gifts, sanctifying those gifts, so that we can do it better and to the glory of his name. Thirdly, each member was baptized in one spirit into the one body, Paul says in verse 12, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit, the one spirit who pours out gifts unto men. We were baptized in that one spirit to be one body, the one body of Christ. 
That's where he builds his case upon right there. That's why we use our gifts to the glory of his name. You were baptized. You were brought into union with Christ by the Spirit. Baptism points to that union with Christ and all the blessings of Christ, those spiritual blessings. And it demonstrates also, it points to that oneness that we share as the body of Christ. And because we are one spirit, united to the one Christ, the one body, use the gifts given to you by the one spirit to serve one another. And he goes on to say, look, look, learn from the human body. Learn from a human body. Yes, even toes and pinky toes matter to the human body. Paul doesn't say that, but... Every part of the body matters. Paul even says that. Look with me at verse 22. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. They are absolutely essential to the whole body. You may think you have nothing to contribute to the the saints. Oh, I have nothing to bring to to Christ and His church. Woe is me. No. Each member of Christ's body Even the weaker ones that seem weak are indispensable. Some of the most encouraging things that ever happened to me in in ministry is that a timely moment in my life, in the course of ministry, I get a card from someone who diligently writes and sends a word of encouragement. Perhaps you know somebody like that within this congregation or from another church, another prayer warrior, where this person's ministry her, or his gift is to write an encouraging word. And God uses that encouraging word at a timely moment in your life to lift you up. That ever happened to you? Are we to say that that person is weaker or insignificant in the body of Christ? See, we often look at those who stand out. We measure action by what is external or outward, those manifest those things that manifest itself in the life of the church. But what are those unspoken. What about those gifts that are used that you and I don't know about, but is really happening behind the scenes? Like a lady who's a prayer warrior and writes those cards of encouragement. Or somebody who is an encourager. And Christ, by His Spirit, the one Spirit, 
uses someone to come alongside you and say, hey, I'm praying for you. Are you okay? There are people who are like that who can just start conversation and probe your heart and pray with you and encourage you. Some do it with a pen. Some do it with their mouth. Don't take this for granted. Don't take it for granted. We need each other. That's why it's sad when there are those who neglect the gathering of the saints, those who neglect worship. Because they're missing out. Not only... They're not worshiping the triune God and hearing his word preached, but they're missing out on the love of the people of God. Or maybe there's someone who has been neglecting, and maybe God is calling you to reach out and encourage that one, that person, that family. Each member needs each other. We need each other. Paul says in verse 24, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. We live life together. Christian, whether you like it or not, this is your family. We should love it. We should love our family. And there's no room for individualism or selfishness. To use another analogy, think about a team sport. Why do they call it a team sport? Because it involves a team. One team with many members. Some of the greatest athletes in the world would not be so great if they didn't have teammates alongside them that made them great. Some of the greatest athletes in the world need their teammates for the common good of the whole team. You can have the best quarterback in the world. You can have a Tom Brady, but if you don't have an offensive line, Tom Brady ain't Tom Brady. The church needs each member to use gifts to the glory of God. But notice what he says at the close. Look with me at verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. 
and I will show you a still more excellent way. There's a more excellent way. And what is that way? Look with me at verse 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. You can be a super apostle, Corinthians. You can have these superior gifts. Stand out. You can be burned at the stake. But people know you as one who did not love. You gain nothing. Aspire the great gifts. Love. Essentially aspire the fruit of the Spirit. Aspire the fruit of the Spirit. Beginning with love. And love is an act of the will. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Desire this excellent way of love. And it is through love that we then use our gifts and glorify his name and build up his church. The better or more excellent way is love because you may have the gift of preaching, teaching, hospitality, or administration and still not love your brother or sister. Yeah, your pastor may preach the truth, but does he love you? He may teach you the whole counsel of God, but does he love you? I don't want to draw attention to myself, but I hope that's what can be said of me by God's grace. And of pastors in Christ church. I want to close by turning to the Forms and Prayers book to page 222. Page 222, Lord's Day 21. And if you have your sermon notes, it's actually on the back, the question and answer 55. Question and answer 55 on page 222. I'm going to read the question in congregation. Let's together respond with the answer. What do you understand by the communion of saints? First, that believers, one and all, as members of Christ the Lord, have communion with him 
and share in all his treasures and gifts. Second, that each member should consider it a duty to use these gifts readily and joyfully for the service and enrichment of the other members. If you look at your sermon notes on the back, I have underlined second, that each member should consider it a duty. What does God require of us? We are duty-bound to use the gifts that he has given us. To use these gifts, how? Readily and joyfully. It's not a burden to love your neighbor. And in loving our neighbor, we're showing that we love our God. This is the disposition of the heart. Consider it a duty. What does God require of us? We are duty-bound to use these gifts. How? Readily and joyfully. For what purpose? For the service and enrichment of the other members. You have the what, the how, and the why. How are you using the gifts? In what manner are you using them? Are you joyfully using them? And for what purpose are you using them? Do we use them to draw attention to ourselves or to bless our brother and sister in the Lord Jesus Christ, to build them up and to give glory to God? Use your gifts. Use your gifts and praise him. Thank him for these gifts that he has graciously given to you because you belong to Jesus, who is your Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, O Lord, that you give ordinary gifts to ordinary people. And that you sanctify these gifts, you set them apart to be in service to your kingdom. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would teach us what it means to make it our duty to use these gifts joyfully and readily for the sake of the building up of the body of Christ. I thank you, Lord, for those many in this congregation who use their gifts to the glory of your name and for the edification and building up of your people. Oh, Lord God, we thank you for the ministries of gems and cadets. We thank you, O oh Lord, for the leaders and mentors. We thank you, O oh Lord, for Sunday school teachers and catechism teachers. We thank you for encouragers, both in word and deed. We thank you, O oh Lord, for those who are involved in different ministries, so many of them unbeknownst to us, but they are engaged in the work of the kingdom. We thank you, O oh Lord, for Bible study groups and teachers and learners, disciples of Christ. And we pray, O oh Lord, that we would all seek the most wonderful, excellent way, and that is the way of love. True biblical love. 
For when we truly love, we truly use our gifts in a way that is pleasing and honoring and glorifying to your name and to the well-being of our brother or sister and even our neighbor. Oh, Father, help us to be united in this love, in Christ's love. For indeed, we have been baptized in the Spirit into the one body, the one body of Christ. And we are recipients of the many spiritual blessings in Him. And may we share those blessings with one another. In Jesus' name we pray.